hope you enjoy snippets of a Say Something chat we have with Sarah Jackson with Holy Trinity Brompton Church in London. She is part of and actually spearheaded the Love Your Neighbor campaign, a UK national and multi-church effort to help the most isolated and vulnerable across the country during the COVID-19 crisis. She's on the front lines and she has a lot to encourage us with regard to kindness, helping others, and the joy that comes on the other side. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Here we go. Thank you so much for having me. It is such a treat. And um, it's just amazing to, um, you know, I feel like we, we're we all family. And yes. um, during this time of the pandemic, it feels like we've all needed a lot of love, a lot of kindness and a, a lot of grace with each mm-hmm. other. So it's a real treat for me to be with you. And oh. um, I'm so inspired by what you're doing as well. Oh, we just, um, we would, we really appreciate you and would love for you just to share some of the stuff that you've learned, even how it started, because when you started it, you just started. I mean, because that's the biggest thing. An idea is an idea, but it's nothing until you actually act on it. Mm-hmm. And you started it without really knowing what it was going to be. That's right. So, I mean, like you, we, um, we were hit by this global pandemic by surprise. And in March, uh, London and the UK went into lockdown. Mm-hmm. And Tom and I, my husband and I, uh, we run one of the, the campuses at Holy Trinity Brompton Church. And we were just looking out at our congregation and thinking, goodness, we couldn't buy food in the supermarket. And we were thinking, how are the isolated elderly going to do mm-hmm. that? Who's gonna get them their medicines? Um, from the pharmacies, um, you know, who's going to look after them and check in on them if they live by themselves. And so really it was just a spontaneous response. Um, our vicar, Nikki Gumble, said to Tom and, my, and me, um, just can you head up the COVID response for um, for, for our congregation? So just that's a small, a small thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, he's not known for small vision. And, um, and really, so so we just thought, well, what should we do? Um, really, the number one thing practically, we thought, well, we could phone, get everybody phoning everybody. So mm. we immediately set up at like a phone a friend system to make sure that everybody that we knew mm. was going to have a regular phone call just to check in. How are you doing? What do you need? Do you need your dog walks? Do you need food? Do you need medicine? What could it be? But we also realized that people are going to need food delivered. So um, in over a weekend, uh, people were incredibly generous. They gave money and they said, listen, we want to put this towards getting food in. So we put in a massive order of food. And um, I remember the Thursday morning it arrived and it came in a big lorry and we've never done anything like this before. And um, I remember thinking, oh my goodness, what if it's not needed? What are we left with all this food and what a waste? And, and literally within two hours of all this food arriving in one, we put it in one of our halls in the church to start distributing. We got this phone call from a, a kind of local um, estate. I think you call them projects, you know, mm-hmm. areas of sort of deprivation and, mm-hmm. and need. And, and they phoned us saying, our food bank has had to close because of COVID. A lot of the volunteers caught COVID and they'd had to close. And there were 80 families who were depending on these food parcels for um, being able to feed their families that, that week. Could we help? And we were like, yes, of course we can. So <laughs> oh my gosh. Van ran. And, and we're able to start um, getting that back up and, and, and running again. So really that's how it started and it just, it snowballed. Uh, we never intended it to go national um, yeah. or international. Yeah. Um, we've got a church in California running it. Um, but it was the idea of um, 
love love your neighbor you know do we know our neighbor yeah um, what can we do during this pandemic we can show love we can mm-hmm. show small acts of kindness that don't cost us anything but actually make people know that they're valued they're seen they're mm-hmm. not invisible during this time and the church is here we love them and we want to support mm-hmm. them so that's what's happened we started just at our little local area suddenly across london we had uh, 20 other sites say can we be depots for food and volunteers to deliver medicines we phoned every pharmacy across london and said can we supply volunteers every day to help you distribute medication to people's doors because and they were like yes of course we'd love that so we had people on bicycles people walking people using their vans and taxis and um just to start really meeting the people who were mostly in need and who were yeah. who couldn't actually leave their homes Gosh. um yeah and then from there we got calls around the uk from scotland from northern ireland saying we want to be part of this um you know we've got people who have been who can't work at the moment because of the pandemic but want to volunteer and so through amazing generosity we were able to get some match funding and we were able to support 52 national hubs where food that would go into landfill or incineration, good food, but for whatever reason, um, we could get the logistics redirected to these centers. And then churches across the nation worked together to start distributing. And it's not just about the food. I think what we found it's, it's about giving people dignity. It's Mm. about the conversation on the doorstep. It's about connecting in communities and and um i think we've seen a move of the spirit like no other so Mm. um from small beginnings we're not doing it for media coverage or we're doing it because we want people to to know there is hope and to know there is love um but it has been amazing how people want to get involved and um they want to play a part yeah uh one question i have for you so if you if someone listening is a part of a church or organization and they're not finding that synergy or the walls come down because I think you can, people can get caught up in, well, we have these differences for either from, um, you know, religion to religion to denomination to denomination. So what have you learned about just the power of what you're experiencing that y'all are able to come together on a common goal and a common project and maybe forget all those things that divide us? Yeah, well, first of all, it's so much more fun. It's so much more exciting working together than than working apart. And I think the things that bind us together are so much more powerful than the challenges we face. And love is a universal language. And people are people. You know, when it boils down to it, we're all vulnerable, we're all flawed. Um, we all have needs of some of somewhere. We all want to be loved Mm -hmm. and seen and and known. And and I think um, it's just so it's enriching when there's a diversity in the church the church is called to be diverse we're not called to be in our silos what would you say to encourage someone to just do it just to reach out i mean i think i think it's literally that i think it doesn't need to be an organized um charity or a a kind of structure It, it we as you know everybody has opportunities every day to show an act of kindness, whether it's yeah. you smile at someone, whether it's you offer to do your shopping for your neighbor mm-hmm. or look after their um, animal or their cat or their or their children, if they're a single mom, you know, that there are, if you look for ways mm-hmm. to bless others, 
it's not difficult to do that yeah. and um and, and i think you know the, what the joy is is that it's kind of hyper local we all know we've all got spheres that we can influence and we might not feel they're very big but nobody else can influence those spheres so if it's the mums at school while you're waiting for you know to pick up your kids mm -hmm. or um whatever your grocery store the, the, the cashier that you see every week um they're moments that you can find to just just shine a bit of love and a bit of light and it's yeah. uh, it costs nothing and it's easy yeah yeah Okay, can I ask you a question that's sort of a um, sort of a curveball? <laughs> Come on, All right. lady. All right, so we we love to do this with our guests, and uh, we often don't tell them we're going to do this, but we'd love to know what your and and I'm sure kindness is probably one of them. <laughs> but what are Sarah Jackson's top five tips to a joy-filled life? And it doesn't have to be five, it could be one or two, but I'm hoping that even thinking, what what are the secrets to a joy-filled life? Mm -hmm. Something spurs in your heart to encourage someone in this. Oh, great question, great <laughs> question. Oh, I love it. Well, I think of a joy-filled life, what robs me of joy mm. is worry. Mm. Uh, it, it, and it's always subtle. You know, but my I know where my joy goes. I'm like, okay, what what is going on? Mm, so I think yeah. I think to worry less and pray more. Mm. And it's easy to say worry less, but then the pray more is what helps you worry mm. less. It helps me worry less. And um, I guess it's one of perspective. Um, when I pray, I, I my circumstances might not change, but my perspective changes. Mm. And those things that I may be worried about suddenly become much smaller mm. and insignificant. And um, and therefore, I, my joy can return. So I would say, worry less, pray more. Um, I think I would also say um, one of my little mottos is to stay in my lane. Mm. Oh, that's and, so good. <laughs> Love that. I, you know, and I think for me, um, that means not to compare to others and not to compete with others. Mm -hmm. Just so to know that the lane in that I've got to run in, I, I could need all my energy just to run in it and not my head energy to think how somebody else is running in their lane or how badly I'm doing compared to somebody in their brilliant lane. Um, <laughs> so I, I often say to myself, Sarah, stay in your lane. Um, so, and that brings me joy. Um, I think a key thing um, is to forgive quickly. Mm. Um, that I think um, I've learned over the years the quicker you can forgive, the quicker I can forgive, uh, the less likely any kind of resentment or bitterness builds up and I can feel free. That's when I feel so mm. free. And, you know, it's that analogy of when you don't forgive someone, it's like you cage them inside your heart. Yeah. Occasionally you take them out and when you remember what you've done, and you put them back in again. And in fact, you're the one who's not free, yeah. not them. They probably have no idea you even you know, were hurt by that. Or, so forgive quickly, to open that cage quickly and not let bitterness build up. Mm. Uh, because are, that's a key key joy robber, I uh, think, in my life. Those so are great. Those so are great. Keep going. <laughs> keep, keep going. Keep if you going. have a couple more, share them. They're well, so good. I'm sure, well, you keep going. But I was wondering what you've seen as far as the people that are maybe stepping out for the first time giving. Do you notice that secret sauce of joy comes with the giving? Like when oh, they finally, sure. and I, I think it's obvious, but I, 
But can you expand on that a little bit of how you've seen the joy fill up in people that maybe even were bitter or sad and it's gotten them out of some depression even? Yeah, it's, you know, it, that thing, it is so much more blessed to give than to receive. So much. And I definitely, I've experienced that over yeah. lockdown and COVID. Yeah. And I've seen it with the thousands of volunteers, yeah. even those who are going through really tough times, really isolated. It's It's been a real mental game, mm -hmm. this one. It's been, it, it, you know, the, the, the war has been in the mind mm -hmm. for so many who've been isolated mm -hmm. um, and fearing there for their health, fearing for their families, um, fearing are they ever going to have their job again, how are yeah. they going to keep going. Um, and, and I think um, what I've seen is that those who've been able, even in the midst of that, to, to give, and that might be uh, in prayer for others, it's changed their perspective. I've heard that a lot. It might be actually saying, right, we're going to financially give, even though this is a tough time for us, we want to give something because we have a home and you know we have running water mm. and we have a job um or it might be that those who have started to deliver packages to others it has brought them so much yeah. joy we yeah. i was hearing one one lady who actually had to work throughout covid because of her job and she offered to be a volunteer and she would get her bicycle at the end of the day and she would do two hours of delivering oh. of all the medications in her oh. area and she said it was the highlight of her day she let she got home on a complete because yeah. the conversations she'd had, she knew that some of these people had not had any conversation with face-to-face -face with anybody mm -hmm. for months. Yeah. So it is, it's a joy to give. Yeah. Thanks to Sarah Jackson for joining us and sharing such terrific insight and wisdom. Thanks to Courtney DeFeo, as always, for coming along for the ride. And a special thank you to you for joining us on the Peace Project Podcast. Here's to practicing thankfulness, kindness, and mercy today and increasing your peace and joy along the way.